But what I wanted to focus on this morning just briefly was verse 3. There are some things that Asa did before he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God. He took away the altars of the strange gods, the high places. He broke down the images and he cut down the groves. These are four distinct things that I just want to think about. Sometimes when we read a list like this, we can just go over it so quickly and we don't really give it much thought. They all seem like the same thing and it's just different ways of saying the same thing. Um, but may I remind us all that the word of the Lord is pure. It's uh, purified seven times. That means that it's absolutely perfect. There's no extras in the Bible. There's nothing in there that doesn't need to be in there. There's nothing superfluous. There's no throwaway words and phrases or filler words, as we often will do. So the word of God is pure. So let's look at this. Let's look at the four things that he dealt with. The altars of the strange gods. That seems pretty clear. Violation of the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. An altar speaks of what we give ourselves to. Worship. Where our hearts are. Our affections. Our time. Our wealth. Things that we sacrifice on that altar. He took away the altars to strange gods. Yes, there must be an altar to the one true and living God, but so often there are altars that are constructed in our hearts to other gods, and we don't think of it that way, but it's true. It's what we give ourselves to. Matthew 6.33 is, is a New Testament way of saying it, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put that as priority in our lives. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things which are legitimate things, but they're the things that the Gentiles run after. Food, clothing, our provision, what about tomorrow? All these things that the Gentiles seek, they shall be added to us. The Lord will take care of of these details, but we must seek first as our priority of heart the kingdom of God. And that covers, like I said, our time, our wealth, and our affections. Where is our heart? So, godly King Asa took down the altars to these strange gods. He also took down the high places. Now, this is a little bit harder to discern, but the best way I can imagine this is these high places were were these areas all throughout the country that were that had a semblance of worship to the true God. It had a semblance of worship, but it was not true worship. And so, if I can summarize it in one word, it would be imitation that's the right way to to create this parallel. It's an imitation of the true worship that's supposed to be given to God. Now, the way I was meditating on this and pondering it was as it applies to us here. 
Um, there's a lot of things that we do that have the semblance of true worship, but don't have any of the reality. If we had to think of a verse, that verse in Second Timothy, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That's very fitting for our generation, probably, I think. That would be a little bit more um, close to home. Having a form of godliness, having a semblance of that which is right and true and worshiping of the Lord, but there's really nothing inside. There's no spirit, there's no heart, there's no power. And I think that this is something that the church today is often plagued with, not always, of course, but often plagued with. We personally are often plagued with this. We go through the motions of of godliness. We go through the motions of true worship. But we have a hard time engaging our hearts. Okay, Let's not just cast stones at other people. This is something true of us, true of us all. It's an imitation. It's just an appearance. It's a type of hypocrisy. It's just churchianity where we're content just going to church and going through motions. Let's be careful of that. Let's remove that from our lives. Uh, there's a, a very enlightening passage in First Samuel during the days of Eli when the children of Israel, they were getting hammered by the Philistines. They were defeated. And the elders of Israel were asking, what's going on? Why isn't the Lord fighting for us? And you know what their solution was? They pulled out the Ark of the Covenant. They brought, brought out the Ark. Now, the Ark was not a bad thing. The Ark was commanded of God to be constructed. But they relied on the form of the ark because they went on to say, it will save us from from the Philistines. And I believe that that is a picture of how so, so much of our church life can be. We're depending on our forms, our traditions, our our um, liturgies, all good things, but but we could depend on them to save us. And this is not um, this is not an exhortation to remove these things, but in our hearts to remove the high places of our dependence on form. We must always engage the heart. The third thing we see here is that he broke down the images. If you think of, uh, of an image, again, going back to the Ten Commandments, Second Commandment, um, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. And what is an image? An image is something that is brought in through the eyes. An image. An image is something that fills the eyes and affects our hearts. And that's just the plain reality of it. What we bring in through our eyes affects our hearts. 
Jeremiah said so in so many words, he made a direct link between the eyes and the heart. In Lamentations 3, he says, My eye affects my heart. There is a direct link between what we bring in through the eyes and the state of our heart. I mean, does this need to be proven? What we bring in through our eyes, through our screens, I mean, even if it's innocent, even if it's not sinful, I mean, you, you know this. You spend an inordinate amount of time bringing in through your eyes. I mean, you do this, don't do this, but I'm just saying, if you do this, hours and hours of just bringing in through your eyes, not sinful things even, I mean, we won't even go there. That's obvious. But innocent things, you know your heart gets cold. You just watch thing after thing of just inanities and just vain, like funny things or whatever. And you tell me if your heart is on fire for God still, where you want to go out and tell people about the Lord or where you want to engage in prayer. You know that your heart's as cold as ice. What we bring in through our eyes affects our hearts. And so we have to be at least mindful of this. Now he broke down the images. Do you know how hard it would be to tell our generation, both old and young, to put down their images, put down their screens, their phones. You can just imagine how hard it would have been for godly King Asa to break the images. Now, again, we're not talking about where we have, I mean, we have to live in this world. But be careful, little eyes, what you see. The eyes affect the heart. And then the fourth thing here is cut down the groves. The groves are a usually tied very strongly to sexual immorality. And we're living in a sea of it. Be on guard of sexual immorality. It begins in the heart. It begins in the mind. And just because you don't engage in it, and maybe maybe... Some of you do and struggle with that. But even if you don't engage in it, it begins in the mind. The Lord Jesus made that clear. If you look with lust, you've committed adultery. That's why the Lord Jesus often referred to his generation as an adulterous generation. They were living, they were a generation that that was swimming in adultery, they can't, even though they were religious, they were religious, sure, they were Pharisees, and but they were adulterous. The Lord saw right through it all. Asa cut down the groves. But it was only until he dealt with these offenses that it says in verse 4 of Second Chronicles 14, and then he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God. So the conviction that came to my heart is that these things are not peripheral. It matters. Our seeking after God day by day is all in vain if it does not line up with real reform in our lives. And of course we do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 10.5, I'll just close with this. This is probably the closest way to bring 
what we read up to date to us today. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what we should do. That's like King Asa, cast down and bring down every high thing that challenges God being first in our life.